0: Hi, and welcome to The Unveiling. I'm Tim, one of the hosts, and along with Anjay and Mark, we are three guys discussing the one true gospel. We hope you're encouraged by this episode. Let's dive right in. Hello and welcome. Welcome back. If this is not your first visit, this is The Unveiling. Today is episode 73, and the title is God's Purpose for Us. Man, you guys do not take little bites sometimes. Well, this has got to be one of the oldest, most debated question in all of humanity at all of time, and that is, why are we here? Well, if we Christians believe that God created us, then there has to be some sort of purpose in that. And I've heard a lot of preachings and teachings over the years of what that purpose might be. Everything from we were created to worship, to we were created to work ourselves out so that we could earn our way into heaven. And I mean, so many different theories and things being taught, not just in churches, but outside of churches and secular humanity and philosophy. And it's a debate that rages forever because I don't know that we can know without any shadow of a doubt, but I think scripturally, we can get some really good ideas of exactly why we're here. Now, as usual, it's Ajay who brought up such a deep topic. So Mark and I are going to sit back for half a minute and go, Ajay, start us off. This is actually
1: small talk at Ajay's (laughs) house, Tim, on the dinner table.
2: Well, I'm not going to let you guys sit back. We are going to have a good conversation. But just to kick it off, I'm thinking if you look at any of the philosophical conversations, all these debates with the different religious views and leaders in different religions... One of the core topics always comes down to why are we here, right? Because everything comes from there. And most people, in fact, spend all their life in search of purpose and meaning for this life. And they get depressed. And many people feel there is no meaning, nothingness. And in fact, many of them end up ending their lives also in some cases because they don't know why we are created here. And even within Christianity, they say many things. You know, God created us to do great things and glorify God. And they say, we are created for worship. In our sole purpose is worship. And most of the time, they make our purpose as something we do. They equate our purpose as something we do and eventually we accomplish. But it might be nice for us to just to go back to the scriptures and understand why God created us. I'm going to read this scripture and then after that, we can talk about it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. So here we see clearly, He predestined us. That means even before we were born, He predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. So the purpose or God, why He created us is adoption of sons, to be His children. Again, the key word is by Jesus Christ. Without Christ, without being in Christ, we cannot be His children. We can talk about it later, but the main purpose of God creating us is to be simply His children. Well, that's a
0: good point, Ajay. And I, I bring everything back to my life. Why did I create children? Well, I have two kids that my wife and I had, and then we adopted two more. So, And I think of all of them exactly the same as my children. Why did I do that? Did I do that because I wanted somebody to tell me how wonderful I am and to glorify me in some way? Of course not. They, they were an expression that came out of my and my wife's love. So they were conceived and born in love. And what is their purpose? Their purpose is to have lives and to fulfill their lives. And I want to have a, a relationship with each and every one of them. And that's important to me and seems to be equally important to them, thank goodness. But I didn't create them for my purpose. I created them and I loved them. But I don't know that I had a very specific purpose in that. So this is slightly different, you know, and of course, this is spiritual and, and on a godly level versus my poor humanity. But we don't create people for things, you know. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. Finally, it's time for
1: you. Well, I like your analogy there, Tim, with kids, because so many times God does show us about himself and about us through that metaphor through that illustration and you're right we don't have kids so they can tell us how great we are all day we definitely don't have kids because we need help cleaning up the house because although if you that do, didn't hurt <laughs> yeah but if you do the math how much they mess it and how much they clean it up <laughs> we're still behind okay <laughs> so and and we don't have kids to love us although that's a wonderful thing and what warms us, more than our kids loving us or each other. But we had kids to love them because we wanted that closeness. There is the bond of father and mother and child is one of the most profound we have on the planet. And it's just a shadow. It's just the outer fringe of our relationship with Jesus and with the Father and the Spirit in us. So I think that's a great illustration you use, Tim. And another thing I just want to add is that this question is very important one, not just because we all want to know our purpose, because it gives meaning to our life, but it definitely dictates and informs the way we read and interpret Scripture. If you think your purpose is to do, 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 and also conversely to don't, don't, don't do that or that or that, it's going to change everything you read because you're going to see everything through the law. So that's why and I cannot agree more with the both of you that that scripture clearly teaches God created us to be his children. when the disciples the apostles asked Christ how to pray he said, our Father who art in heaven it was the first thing he told them you know that's what we're for it's for him to be our Father and us to be His children, and we've had many podcasts on this. The book of Galatians talks about it. I want to read you one quick scripture here, Romans 8, 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Daddy, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co heirs with Christ. He just says it so powerfully there of what our relationship to God is.
0: Ajay, before we get too deep into the purpose, I want to see if maybe we should define we are creations. God created human beings. We are not equals. We're not gods. We're not angels with no free will. We're not. You know, there are so many things that we aren't. We have, we're triune like God. We have mind, body, spirit, and we have free will. And we were created, you know, initially in the garden, I think just for God's pleasure. And God hung out with Adam and Eve in the garden. That was the perfect, the the only time of perfect relationship between human beings and God until. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ gave us the opportunity to get back into that relationship. So I just wanted to throw that in out there as kind of a definition of who we are in, in the giant scheme of things before we talk about, so
2: why are we here? Yeah, that is a good point, Tim. Yeah, we are created beings. We share the life of God but that doesn't make us gods. I want to track back a little bit to what you said, why do we have children? I was going to say the same exact thing. I'm glad, you know, I didn't steal your thunder. <laughs> I was simply going to say, you know, why do we have kids? That's why God also had us children. So we have kids to do two things, right? In Ephesians, in the same verse that I read before, in a different translation, it says, in love he predestined us unto adoption of sons. So, because out of our love, we have children. We want to share our love with him. So not only that, we also have children to extend our life. So we our life is propagated when we have children. Similarly, Tim, like you said, you know, we don't become gods, but God said when he created Adam in the garden, he said, let us make man in our own image. So human being, he did not say about angels, it's not recorded in the Bible, That, oh, let us make angels in our own image. And he didn't say about animals, let us make animals in our own image. So we share the attributes of God, the nature of God, the faculties of God, even though as humans. And ultimately, the purpose is we share the eternal life of God. So the purpose in creating earth is God wants to share his life with us. And when we talk about life, there are two kinds of life, right? You know, one, when Adam was created, he was created out of the breath of God and he became a living soul. He became a human being and he had a human life. But at the same time, God also said, you know, I planted the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Most of us don't talk about the tree of life. We only talk mostly about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And in fact, many people think that there was only one tree in the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil but when you read the bible it says in the middle god planted the tree of life and tree of knowledge of good and evil and he said don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that means you can freely partake of the tree of life and the tree of life represents our lord jesus christ himself so if they had eaten of the tree of life they would have participated in this life of christ that we have now after the redemption lord jesus christ says I am the life. I am the resurrection life. He that eats of me and he that drinks of me shall not die. So there he's talking about sharing his eternal life with us, not the human life. So when in resurrection, I think one of the pastors said, resurrection is not resuscitation. It's not like when we are resurrected, when we are born again, it's not the same life coming back, but it's a different life, the life of Christ that we get. So he created us out of his love, to share his life, and to extend his life through us. You know, Ajay, that was my next point, so you are a thunder stealer,
1: (laughs) but I'll just add to that, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul does this beautiful comparison of our earthly bodies and the body that we're going to be given as we step into eternity, and he says that we're sown here on earth in weakness, there we're going to be sown in glory. Here, We are corruptible, they're incorruptible, here perishable, they're imperishable. And then he says this, that when that day comes, what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Then he says, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. It's telling us here that the very purpose God created us was for life and immortality, incorruptibility, glory. He's created us for all these things that are part
0: of our identity as his children. Wow, that is awesome, Mark. Great point. I'm sitting here tingling a little bit. I don't know why I've never seen it as clearly as you've just explained it. By the way, Ajay, you can never steal my thunder. My thunder is for you to have any time
2: you like. Carry on, sir. So to follow up with you, Mark, Bible says he has given us life and immortality for what purpose? So that he can have fellowship with us. He can have a good time with us for his good company. Like Tim mentioned, right? God created us for his pleasure. I used to think for his pleasure is basically you do this, you do that. I'll tell you like a dictator. You do this and I dictate you what to do. It's not that, right? Doing things for God is not what he's talking about. But just like when we had our children when they were a baby. And Mark, you're, now you're a granddad. You have your, your grandchild. When you hold your grandchild in your hand, I don't think anything can compare to the pleasure you get when you just hold the baby in your hands. And he can do he or she can do nothing for you
0: at that point.
2: Yeah. So that is the kind of pleasure God is talking about. Just to know that when God looks at us, he feels like that, like we hold the babies in our hands and how we feel like the joy on their faces, the light on their faces, the radiance, you know, that gives us joy. That is the kind of joy he gets, you know, when he looks at us. He's my child. He's my boy. That's awesome.
1: I'll tell you, probably one of the most profound days in my life was when they handed me my first child, my daughter Grace, the connection, the love. she I didn't even know her, but from that, you know, that's only a shadow, Scripture tells us, of how God feels about us, the value he has. And then even while we were sinners and his enemies, he sent Christ to go through all of that for us and give his life as a sacrifice. That's, that's not fathomable to a human being. And yet Scripture tells us that we need to contemplate that because that's how God
0: transforms us by his spirit. So I'm so glad we're talking about that now. On the day of my daughter's birth, I held her and she reached out a little hand and grabbed my pinky and my world exploded. And from that moment on, of course, I've been wrapped around to hers ever since. So <laughs> That's a good
2: great yeah. analogy. Yeah. How we wish. Sometimes I never grew up. <laughs> right. Indeed. Yeah. So I think I just want to go back to the scripture. God is faithful who has called into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, that is a reason behind our calling. Sometimes we think God has called us for ministry, to preach the gospel, to do that, to do that. You know, that is not God calling us. It is God sending us. You know, there's a difference. He sends us for ministry so that we can bring more children home. That's a different story. But the calling is to himself. He called us by the gospel so that we can have fellowship. Just a good time like three of us are having, right? fellowship and friendship and communion. And we will probably go into that in the next episode, but even why do we marry, right? We don't marry to make our wives, you know, be our slaves or <laughs> do work for us. We, yeah, that's we, never going to work. <laughs> Some we, might make an <laughs> argument for the inverse, to, Ajay. <laughs> inverse, I can't believe, but... <laughs> just joking, ladies, just joking. Yeah, just joking. So we will get into that later. But I think, again, the point we are making is fellowship. It's a beautiful word in the Bible. I think I'm not a Greek expert by any means, but I think the term is called koinonia. That means a communion. It's a very close relationship and union. I mean, it's like when you have a very close friend, a close friend is really close, right? Even some some friends are even closer than our spouses. There's nothing we don't share with them. You take that and multiply by infinity. That's the kind of fellowship God is talking about having with us. That's why the Bible talks about having oneness with God. And the whole prayer of Lord Jesus Christ in John 17 is about that we may be one with him. So we have this, again, I think we have not really experienced this on this side of heaven, but God's purpose is that we are united with him, joined with him, we are one with him, and there's nothing between us and his son. An interesting point you
0: raised at the beginning of that, Jay, is God's not up there. He didn't create us to do things for him. Will we do things for him? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But we're not minions, you know? Our purpose isn't to accomplish things in Jesus' name to bring him glory or whatever. I mean, what, 15, 20 years ago now, Rick Warren wrote The Purpose-Driven Church and The Purpose-Driven Life, and it was about finding your purpose— what you're supposed to be doing for God. And at the time I had not, I had not been exposed to grace and I devoured those with some intensity. And uh, it's not about that. It's just not, it's literally about relationship. And that's why the Bible tells us that the the true gospel confounds the wise, but is, is easily accepted by those who, I don't want to call them
2: now wise. <laughs> How do I finish that? So, Tim, I think since you brought that up, I know I read that book, but I'm not very deep on that one. So, looks like you did devour that. And what changed your mind that, you know, maybe that's not really what the purpose is all about?
0: Oh, it was literally coming to the realization of the message of grace about 10, 12 years ago now. I was fully engaged. With the idea that I was put on this earth for a purpose, in fact, part of the reason I went to Russia is because I thought I had a calling, which I honestly believe I did. But now it was my purpose to go to win souls to do this, to do that it wasn't wasn't to have communion with my father. It wasn't to you know rest in the grace and let the works and stuff come out of me through that. It was to go do for God, yeah. Well, wow. I feel like I was in the permissive will of God in doing that because I, a lot of good things did come out of it by yeah. his grace, not mine. But I feel like I missed something and something could have been so much more or, or better or different than it was. And, you know, I'm a little sorry I missed that in the long run. And to me, it's like not
1: an either or thing. It's a matter of what comes first and priorities. We're called to be his children. We're not called to work to be his children, to do things to prove that we're his children. We're meant to rest in the presence of Christ through the Holy Spirit. That's our life. That's our purpose to be loved by God, to know God, to be given life, to be his children. And like you said, Aj, it doesn't mean we're not going to ever do anything either for him because he sends us or calls us. In fact, I think we'll end up doing more by resting in Him and understanding our purpose is
2: just to be His children. Just like we are doing this podcast, right? This is not our purpose. It's just a byproduct of who we are and our, our love and passion for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Amen. So there's one more scripture I want to quickly read, again related to purpose. It's another clear scripture. You know, whatever we say, we do not say without Scriptures because, end of the day, the only thing that will help us is the truth. And the conviction of the truth only comes from Scriptures. We can listen to many sermons, but end of the day, we come to conviction of the truth through a Scripture that was preached in that sermon. So it's very important to go back to the Scriptures, otherwise you know, we'll be all over the place. So Romans 8, 28 to 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, He also called. Whom He called, He also justified, and whom He justified, these He also glorified. So here, everything is there, right? He's saying that he is working all things for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And what is his purpose? Then he talks about it. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He wanted us to be like Jesus. Why? So that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So in God's family, I think simply put, I'm saying it in human terms. I'm not saying that we will become gods like Tim, you said before. In God's family, there were three people, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now what God is doing is He created us so that we can be like Jesus, and He can be the firstborn, and we can be many among His brethren, right? He might be the firstborn among many brethren. So the purpose is God wanted to have more children, and He wanted Jesus to have more brothers and sisters. And for that reason, He created us. Not only created us, but He also wanted us to conform to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. So unless we are conformed to somebody's image, unless we have the same nature, same way of thinking, same way of looking at things, same way of perceiving things, we cannot really have true fellowship. You know, I might love my dog. I mean, I love my dog, right? Even I, I There's nothing I don't do for my dog, but still... I can't really have fellowship with the dog because we are at different levels. Similarly, humans, we cannot have fellowship with God until we are conformed to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he created Lord Jesus Christ. He created the first man, Adam, with the ability to have communion and fellowship with God. But when Adam sinned and fell, he lost that ability to have fellowship and communion. And so Lord Jesus Christ, through the redemption, he brought us back to that original life, in fact, better than that, now God in us. And this life of Christ has the ability to have communion with Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So simply God is inviting us into his family, the family of the Trinity, how awesome it is. And to just have that fellowship and communion and relationship and intimacy forever and ever.
1: You know, Ajay, I have a little addendum for what you just said. One of the scriptures you read, and that you spoke on, was about being conformed to the image of Christ. Scripture also uses the term transformed into the image of Christ. And many believers believe that that's their purpose. And, but they think that they do it themselves. They sanctify themselves and through works in it. And if they're really spiritual, to work along with God in accomplishing their purpose of being transformed into Christ. And Scripture tells us clearly that's not our purpose. That's God's purpose is to transform us by his spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 3.18 tells us it's the spirit who transforms us. So even us working real hard to be like Jesus,
0: that's not our purpose. So con- conforming is something that you can do as an act, and transforming is something that happens to you. That's a great point there. Yeah. Oh, wordsmith.
1: Uh, And if I could just take us in a little bit of a different direction, and I think we need to acknowledge that this metaphor or illustration of fatherhood and becoming children, although it's not really a metaphor, but we've extended it into one, is that not all fathers are good fathers here on earth. And we have to at least acknowledge some of our listeners— can't relate to a father like this. But God is not that kind of father. He's the kind of father that only wants our best, that wants to be with us, spend time with us. And and I would say his purpose is us, for us, one of his purposes in being his children is to being dearly loved children who know him and are known by him. That kind of speaks to the quality of that union that you talked about, Ajay, that it's not just like an earthly union. It's a union of just you know, unfathomable love and closeness and knowledge. And the Apostle Peter tells us in, in his second book, chapter three, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you ever do a study on all the prayers of the Apostle Paul for God's children, he prays here, he says, May the Father give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I just think that's a great point. And one final thing here. A lot of us have heard the story of when Jesus was talking to the crowds, and he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. People read that and they see the one who does the will of my father. That's why it's so important to know what the will of the father is, which is just another word for what God's purpose is. His purpose is to make you a child to know you and have you know him. If you look at that as I've got to do, then you're in trouble because these people that prophesied in his name, that performed miracles, that drove out demons, didn't even do enough. Because it's not about that. His will is for you to know him and to be known by him.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, Mark, if I can just quickly add. When we know that will of God is to be his children through faith in Jesus Christ, That is the will and purpose of God. When we understand that, we don't go into this mode of, you know, for some it is always about doing God's will, doing God's will. You know, we are not about doing the works of God in Christ. You know, we are not against it. But that's not the will and purpose of God. When we understand that the will and purpose of God is to be simply His children and to rest in Christ and let His life flow in us, then the works of Christ will automatically come as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we don't, we are not saying that you know works are not important or bearing fruit is not important. But God did not create us for works; He created us for fellowship. And then the question
1: is, whose work? You know, He, as you mentioned, He works through us. Ephesians two ten says it so clearly: For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's all him anyway, and that's why he made us children instead of workers.
0: Yeah. Well, you made an interesting point there, Mark, on the father analogy, especially because I know people who've had good fathers. I've known people who had bad fathers. I myself cannot complain mightily about my upbringing. My father loved me the best way he could. I was never abused. I was never hungry. I was never cold. I just didn't have the relationship with him that I always yearned for. And I got the ideas of what that relationship would look like. I'm about to date myself here, by watching such shows as Leave It to Beaver and seeing these television dads who were always spot on, perfect, right? They they always knew exactly what to say and how far to go and when to push and when to back up. You know, I was like, Well, I can't my dad be more like that and you know, I was a, I was an ungrateful, snotty little kid, to be honest. But uh, the the thing about God as our Father is, He's going to be better than even the scriptwriters for Word Cleaver or Cliff Huxtable or any of these other guys on TV that you see. Because He is perfection. He is love. And He is the relationship maker. He's the one who created us to be in relationship with Him. Guys, we're winding down here, and I'd like to give you a chance to summarize. I've just done my little bit for that. Mark, why don't you start us off?
1: Well, Alex, since we're on TV Fathers for 500, I'm going to carry that tradition on. I am a huge Andy Griffith fan. I have been since I was a kid. And I just saw a great episode called Opie and the Bully. And Opie was dealing with a bully who was threatening him and stealing his milk money. And his dad found out about it and wanted to help Opie, but didn't want to take care of it for him because he wanted Opie to learn. So he tells him a story about how when he was a child, he had to deal with his own bully. And the next morning came when Opie was going to head off to school. And now because his dad encouraged him and told him about what he had experienced and gone through, he was going to go deal with this bully. And that morning comes to his dad and he says, Dad, you're sure you're sure, you know, that that's really going to work, that that's, you know, and And he said, yes, it will. And Opie turned to leave and looked back at his dad, Andy, and just ran and jumped into his father's arms. And his father hugged him and held him. And that gave Opie everything he needed to then go out and face whatever that day would bring. I just love that episode because it's, I just feel like that's our lives we need to be in the br- embrace of our father before we go out and do anything. And you can watch that episode if you want to get further <laughs> further meaning out of it. But it's just, a, it always brings me to tears because of just that close relationship and that being the starting point.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Aj. how about you? I just, this was your topic, and I'm not sure we covered nearly as much as available to us. So maybe summarize where we're at for now, and we can pick up more next time.
2: Yeah, I want to summarize it quickly in two points, the purpose of God and also how do we get into that purpose. In John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Look at that. Father and the Son coming to us and making our their home with us. And it's kind of interesting right? He's not inviting us to go to His home. Like, it's even more closer. They're eager to come to us and make their home with us where we are. It's amazing. That is the kind of love God wants us. So, God, like I said, God is inviting us humans into the Trinity, into the family of Trinity. It's like we are three people. But, you know, we want more. We want more experiencing the same love, same fellowship, and same communion that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit experience in the Trinity. That is a privilege God gave us, you know, like just pure, intimate fellowship, love, joy, peace, righteousness, in close communion with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that is a purpose. And then quickly, I just want to tell our listeners, you know, if this is such a grand and beautiful purpose, how can that purpose become real to me? It's very simple. 1 John 4, 15, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. You know, simply by believing Jesus, you know, believing that Jesus is who he said he is. He said, I am the Son of God. If you simply acknowledge that, God comes to dwell in you, and we dwell in Him. And 1 John 1.12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So believing on the name of Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus means Savior. You simply acknowledge that, you know, I need a Savior. I need the cross. I need what Jesus came to do for me. I need His death. I need His burial and His resurrection. And simply by saying that and confessing who Jesus is, we become His children, and then we become part of the family of God. Thank you very much for that, Ajay.
0: Guys, I have, feel like I've I'm sitting on a cloud today after going through all this. I'm I'm uplifted quite a bit, and I hope that everybody listening is as well. Well, that's going to do us for this episode. We look forward to talking to you again the next time. Tim again. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, we encourage you to subscribe and share our podcast with your friends and family. Our entire catalog of episodes can be found on our website at www.theunveiledgospel.com or you can listen and subscribe on most popular podcast apps. If you have any feedback or questions, you can send us an email to theunveiledgospel at yahoo.com. You can reach out to us on our Facebook page, The Unveiling Podcast, or you can leave a question or comment on our listener line at 352-398-0089. Maybe you'll hear yourself on a future episode. That's it for today. As always, God bless, and we will talk to you the next time.